Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. In a stark repudiation uh, of Donald Trump's attorneys, Judge Tanya Chutkin has set a trial date for March 4th of next year in this case. That's the date jury selection would begin. That's just two months later than what the prosecution had asked for. Uh, but it's in a world away from the April 2026 timeline that Trump's attorneys had wanted. And immediately after she made her ruling, Trump attorney John Laro put on the record, he said, we will not be able to provide adequate representation. So there's no doubt in our judgment that this trial date is inconsistent with President Trump's right to due process and effective assistance of counsel. So laying the groundwork for an appeal there. But legal experts say this is really the judge's call. This is a tough issue to get overturned in the appeals court. Obviously, the Trump team is going to try to do that. March 4th is the day before Super Tuesday. March 4th is the day before March 5th, because I can do basic math. And March 5th is Super Tuesday. And this is election interference if you ask any Trump supporter or anybody who looks at this as an outsider. Exactly where are we headed? I've been asked this question more than once. And uh, fellow radio hosts um, have been asking the question, um, is, is Trump going to get hurt? You had Tucker Carlson ask the question of Trump, or do you fear for your life? This has come up, and I'm not the first person to have asked it. It was actually brought up to me long before I went down this road. But I've been asked, what's my take? How in the world does anybody sit idly by during this level of abuse? What does one do? Allow me to give my thoughts to it, starting with the mugshot. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Happy uh, to talk to you. Feel free. Call in. I I missed the past couple of days, and I appreciate Andrew Langer filling in. Um, because uh, in, in, in all ways, while I love what I do, while I think these conversations are unbelievably I- important, family is more important. And so I uh, have a a pretty clear understanding of where my focus needs to be. My focus is also on a recognition of what's happening, not what people want to happen. The generalized level of disgust over these indictments has grown. These indictments, uh, the idea that Fannie Willis, the Fulton County DA, can make the claim that this is uh, RICO, racketeering case. Andrew McCarthy, with an unbelievably good layout in National Review, discussing, mm, you'd have to have an ongoing conspiracy in order to have racketeering. This was limited in nature if indeed anybody knew what anybody else was doing. The idea of the proof of RICO here, oh, that's a difficult one. Now, that's, of course, the rational take. The political take is, it's Atlanta, it's Fulton County, Trump's going to jail. Now, you understand that I believe that Donald Trump is going to jail. And there is reason why you're hearing more and more people engage in this kind of conversation. Now, these people are not uh, particularly 
Trump supporters by any stretch, uh, by, by, by any level. This was uh, former Ambassador John Bolton. I believe there's still a lane for another Republican to take the primary. Yes, I do. And I, I think it's it's difficult, but I think this could all turn both for the primary, but particularly for the general election on whether any of the four uh, pending criminal indictments actually come to trial and get a jury verdict before the election. Because I think if a jury uh, convicts Trump, I think that could be fatal either to getting the nomination or certainly in uh, November. The, all of the other legal proceedings have either had no effect or, as you point out in this fundraising uh, news, have benefited Trump. But I think a jury verdict of guilty is something very different. I think even a lot of MAGA Trumpers really don't want to elect a convicted felon president. I'm not so sure that's true. I think the people who support Trump will vote for him no matter what. But certainly it's, you're going to have to answer the question of what you do. This, of course, is the whole point. Putting trial dates before Super Tuesday, bringing these trials as they have. Fannie Willis, the DA in Fulton County, could have done this at any time. She chose the political time as a way of acting as a backstop and a protection from Jack Smith's really ugly prosecution uh, regarding January 6th. And people understand that this is political and that anger grows. That anger should have boiled over when the mugshot came out of Donald Trump. Yet, that wasn't the moment. That was the moment of, oh, what a great mugshot. Oh, it's so awesome. Oh, he looks so strong. If Donald Trump had been smiling in that mugshot, you know what I would have heard? Oh, that mugshot's so great. Look at him just laughing at his enemies. If Donald Trump had been sneezing during that mugshot, you know what I would have heard? Oh, my God, look at that mugshot. He doesn't even care what he looks like. He's just so tough. There is no picture of Donald Trump that could have taken place where the Trump supporter would not have been, oh, look at Trump. He's so terrific. So can we stop this bullcrap that somehow it's a tough photo? And can we get into the fact that a former president of the United States just got a mugshot when it wasn't necessary and it was done as a a piece of political retribution from a political party? Can we talk about the issues or are we going to just keep sitting here pretending that somehow the mugshot's super cool? No part of this is cool. Grow up. No part of this is cool. This is show me the man and I'll show you the crime. This is Laventry Beria. This is the guy who was head of Stalin's secret police. That's what we're seeing. A political party that won't accept the fact that someone may disagree with them. A political party that can't accept the fact that America will determine the, someone's future by voting for them or not voting for them. They tried two impeachments, they failed, and now they're doing this. The Rico case uh, in, in Fulton County, the Alvin Bragg case in New York, uh, Jack Smith, the January 6th case, and of course going after classified documents. No, no one goes after Hillary Clinton for classified documents. As a matter of fact, we're told by then FBI Director James Comey, no reasonable prosecutor would go after this case. That's what we were told. Joe Biden's got documents everywhere. All around his drug-addled son. Nothing. 
all of these prosecutions are revenge prosecutions. And I say that also saying that I'm not okay with Trump having the classified documents. He was wrong. I'll tell you that nose to nose. I am unworried. He was wrong because he was wrong. The way he handled January 6th was wrong, but he sure as heck isn't guilty of starting a riot. Rico? Racketeering? In, in in Georgia, you're out of your damn head. And we won't even discuss the fact that not only Fannie Willis in Fulton County, but Alvin Bragg, the New York District Attorney, should be disbarred for bringing felony charges against Donald Trump for paying off a stripper porn star, whatever Stormy Daniels is. You know what you do with stripper porn stars? You pay them off. That's the rule. Oh, it came from account A, not from account B. Therefore, stop it. Stop it. The mugshot is an unbelievably dark moment in American history. And I am concerned about it. Because while I do speak of the people who want to just talk about how cool it is, I'd be a fool not to recognize what is underneath. The anger and the disgust, as I have brought up now in multiple ways, the idea of a two-tiered justice system. A political left that has control of academia and control of state and control of justice and that says, if you don't agree with us, we are not just going to disagree with you. We're going to destroy you by any and all means necessary. And if it means we have to destroy the justice system to destroy you, we will do it. We do not want a minority. We want nothing but obedience. That is the way Americans feel. You know, there was this big uh, brouhaha over the weekend that Oliver Anthony, who wrote the song Rich Men North of, of Richmond, this is not a conservative anthem. Well, yeah, Oliver, we know. Well, at least we knew here at this show because it's exactly what we said. That Oliver Anthony is speaking uh, uh, out, out, out of a place of, uh, are you not paying attention? Why aren't you looking? Why aren't you looking out for us? Why don't we matter? And that wasn't about conservatives. That was about everyone. We discussed that here. You cannot go forward. You cannot go forward without wondering, when does the powder keg blow? And this is the question that gets asked me more often, most often lately. Um, What do I think is going to happen? What do I think is acceptable, not acceptable? If you've heard me speak for any level of time, you watch the videos over at Rumble, just search for Tony Katz and subscribe, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. You'll note that my answer is always voting. Oh, and I've had people yell at me about this. Oh, it's fixed. It's rigged. You'll never win another election. So what's your plan? They don't actually have a plan. They just want to moan and kvetch and bitch and do all those kinds of things. I have no time for that. I argue that if they ballot harvest, you ballot harvest. And if they ballot cure, you ballot cure. And if they do mail-in voting, you do mail-in voting. If they drive people to the polling place, you drive people to the polling place. You have to keep doing it and keep doing it until you win and then put an end to all this nonsense. The people who favor mail-in voting favor the opportunity for fraud. The people who don't favor voter ID favor the opportunities for frauds. For fraud, these people are the enemies of the republic, the enemy of the free and thinking people, the enemy of democracy uh, as a whole, and they have to be beaten. They have to be. 
They can't actually run a country that you could survive in. They can't run anything. Do I think things are going to get ugly? Do I think things are going to get violent? At what moment do people say, okay, this is enough? And it's it's the right question. It was Tucker Carlson who, in his interview with Trump, asked him, do you fear that, that someone's going to kill you? Yes, this has been brought to me. People have asked this question. I can think of one person in particular who said it before, certainly I did, that if you take the idea and take the theory and take the philosophy that they hate Trump and look at all they're do- willing to do to get Trump and they are trying to stop Trump and there are now people who want to engage lawsuits to keep Trump off the ballot altogether. And then you have California that says we don't think ba- Trump should be allowed on the ballot. What happens when Pennsylvania doesn't allow Trump on the ballot? If California doesn't, he's not going to win California anyway. No Republican will because, well, um, uh, fools do what fools do. But you don't allow him in Pennsylvania. You can't win. Republicans can't win an election without an opportunity for those 20 electoral votes. What do you do at a moment where the country says, nope, we do believe that you should not allow this man anything and we will punish you until you do what we tell you to do? What happens at that moment? And what happens if they can't keep him off the ballot and you've got nothing but a political party, the political left and their people in the media saying Trump is a threat to democracy, as they've been saying for years, a very violent, dangerous thing to say in ginning people up towards some kind of action. I don't want any of it. I don't want to see people engaged in the violence I don't want to see people thinking that they get to take things into their own hands like this. I don't want to see the MSNBCs and the CNNs of the world ginning people up. I don't want to see any news organization trying to gin people up like this. Well, we have to protect democracy. Somebody has to do something like the call for the lone wolf. If you know what a lone wolf is, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you might want to look that one up. I am concerned. And I do actually believe that um, there's a vast amount of the country that is disgusted by what they're seeing. Now, some of that is tempered because there are some people within that vast amount who also don't want to see Trump again. Man, don't make him the nominee. Don't let him be. Can this just stop and end? The problem is, what makes you think this political left is stopping and ending? They could. They should. You know what Joe Biden said when he saw the mugshot of Donald Trump? Handsome guy. (laughs) That's your president. Not bringing down the temperature, increasing it. If you ask me if I am concerned, the answer is yes. I don't want any violence at all. Yes, I am concerned that it is going to come. Do I think that there are people out there willing to be violent towards uh, President Trump? Look what they were willing to do to uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Look at the threats that were leveled against Supreme Court justices in front of their homes. And Joe Biden did nothing. The mugshot is a disgusting, despicable display of an abuse of power so great that it is up to us to correct it. And I believe it still can be corrected.
My problem is there are people out there who don't. They don't believe it can be corrected. I'm saying right now to them that that ain't the case, that you're wrong, that there is no place for it. There is no coming back from it. There isn't, and I don't want to see it. But be clear. If you want to ask who's being violent, it is this political left. That mugshot is violence. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. And I think that has made some people irrevocably angry. And yes, I'm concerned. I'm Tony Katz. Four people dead in Jacksonville. This includes the shooter. Nearly everybody describing this as a racially motivated crime. Everybody saying that this guy clearly wanted to kill black people. And went about doing exactly, exactly that. Governor DeSantis. I was able to speak with Sheriff T.K. Waters in Jacksonville about the horrific shooting that took place. The shooting based on the manifesto that they've discovered from the scumbag that did this was racially motivated. Uh, He was targeting people based on their race. Uh, That is totally unacceptable. Uh, This guy killed himself rather than face the music and accept responsibility for his actions. And so he took the coward's way out. But we condemn what happened in the strongest possible terms. We've offered support for uh, Sheriff Waters and the city of Jacksonville. And we send our condolences to the victims and their families uh, who were the victims of, uh, of a very cowardly act. This guy had, I mean, swastikas on the on, on the guns. It's amazing. He had manifestos, and we know what they were immediately. Still don't know what the manifesto was uh, in Nashville, uh, the murder of six from a woman who thought she was a man. But still, this doesn't stop the political left. This is a state senator by the name of Angie Nixon appearing on MSNBC. What I make of that condemnation is follow statements. This is a governor who has done nothing but fan, fan these types of of happenings throughout our, our state. Look, at the at the end of the day, the governor has blood on his hands. He has had a attack, an all-out attack on the black community he, with his uh, anti-woke policies, which we know very well was nothing more than a dog whistle to get folks up and riled up in the way in which it just happened on yesterday. She just said that the governor is responsible for a guy murdering three people and then killing himself. I throw people like that directly out of any uh, any state house. Instead of addressing what's causing these things, they go. It, it has to be because you're a bigot. It has to be because uh, Governor DeSantis X. It's doesn't solve problems. DeSantis running for president. The latest polling is out, and none of it makes any sense. Craig Robinson, the Iowa GOP, are here to break it down. That's next. 
Well, I, look, I, I signed a, uh, a pledge to be on that stage to say that I support the Republican nominee. I remain confident, more confident after Wednesday night that the Republican nominee will not be the former president. That I don't know about that. I really and truly don't, because I've been going through this polling that is taking place after the debate. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea what to make of it. No idea what to make of it at all because it doesn't make sense. Uh, the how they're uh, the number of people they've got in the poll, the margin of errors don't make sense. The numbers are everywhere, and it seems like they're not even polling people who watch debates. So. What do I do with this? The question is, what are we learning on the ground? What are people saying? Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Craig Robinson joins us right now. The Iowa GOPer, Iowa GOPer. He has run for years. Uh, the Iowa caucuses has since left that behind, but nobody knows Iowa politics better. Uh, let's start with uh, the 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 big one. The debates happen. Trump's not there. Trump does the interview with, with Tucker Carlson. That interview got millions and mil- oh, well over a hundred million views. It is. Uh, it was incredible showing uh, for for Tucker. Um, in the end, did the debate move anybody in the state of Iowa? Well, I think it did. I mean, I, I again, you know, before the debate, we we had a conversation where, you know, this is. I thought this debate was interesting because it's it's really for who's the alternative to Trump. Like, let's narrow this field down. Who are the actual viable candidates that can challenge Trump or that could maybe challenge Trump? And I think people walked away from the debate saying, you know, maybe it's Vivek Ramaswamy. Maybe it's Nikki Haley. Maybe it's Ron DeSantis. And what I'm seeing on the ground, Tony, is that, you know, Vivek and DeSantis were both in the state late last week, both had really good crowds, both had really good swings. And so I think it's safe to say that those two candidates uh, did themselves well with that debate. You're talking about DeSantis and and, and, and Ramaswamy. Yeah, that, you know, I, I listened to Vivek. I, I followed uh, that debate. And I only think at, at the very end was he at his best because he got out of the uh, kind of needling and more into the conversation, even though he does bring up things that other people don't bring up. I mean, the hell, the whole conversation of fatherlessness. I mean, that's yeah. that's absolutely massive. And I thought he was speaking directly uh, to Iowa, directly to the Bob Vanderplatz kind of crowd, uh, really trying to make a, a bit of a play there uh, for an an evangelical vote, which, of course, Pence and Tim Scott were fighting over uh, as, as, as far as I uh, could see it. Um, but did did Iowa voters look at that debate and say Trump really didn't show up? I'm disappointed in him. That's going to change the way I feel. I'm going to look at somebody else now. Well, so I don't I, look. I think if you're in the Trump camp, you might have. I don't think you held it against him if he's not there. Now, if you are not in the Trump camp, if you're if you're saying, hey, we have to move on. We need someone else. Then, then your opinion is 180 degrees different. And I get that. Um, and so I think it matters. Like, but who are we moving, right? So I don't know if there was a Trump. If you supported Trump, he did not debate. I don't think there's people shifting from him to someone else. And by the way, if they did, I think the only person they might say, well, maybe I'll look at this Ramaswamy guy, right? I think that's. I mean, because really, Vivek. 
filled the Trump void that was left in that debate in some ways in terms of being combative, being, you know, kind of how he was on the debate stage. And so uh, but I don't think people are saying, well, I was for Trump, but now I'm going to vote for Vivek. I think Trump kept his base, kept his people. The question is, is how long can we do this? How many debates can he not? Can he skip them all? Can he skip another one? Um, at some point, I think they're going to expect to see him on that debate stage. Talking to Craig Robinson, the Iowa GOP or I-O-W-A, that's Iowa G-O-P-E-R. I think part of the problem is with, with the in, indictments, this is where the conversation of election interference comes into play. If you're going to tell uh, Trump that we're going to put you on trial March 4th, the day before Super Tuesday, you are influencing an election in that way. That's what's happening with the judge on this January 6th case from special counsel Jack Smith. And if anything you say can and will be used against you, anything that happens on the debate stage can be used against him, including a slip of the tongue. So I think he has to stay away from the debates. Well, yes, but I mean, in that sense, Tony, you'd have to stay away from the campaign trail. I mean, you've been to a Trump event. I mean, it's 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 like a WWE event. Nothing scripted. Anything can happen. Um, it's so, and I think they would love for him to slip up and get himself into trouble. Um, and so, again, with the debates, I think it's a it's a it's a valid excuse of why not to debate. And and frankly, you know, I if I have a criticism or a concern about Trump today, it's that. He needs to be doing a little bit more in Iowa than he is, because now you're starting to see, I mean, we're in, we're a month into this kind of DeSantis engaging into this ground game. And, you know, Trump's not, you know, he, he popped into the fair. Um, again, in 2016, they did a really good job of doing just enough, right? I don't know if this is just enough. And so at some point, Trump's going to have to engage the electorate and, That'll be a test for them when they do. I think he needs to do a little bit more than he's doing. Uh, by the way, just so for for the sake of clarity, everything in the WWE is scripted. It's that <laughs> it's that a Trump event can go in 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 any which direction. But you know, all this brings us to these polls. I can take you from the Yahoo News poll up through what just came out with yeah. with Emerson. I'm here to tell you, none of this makes sense. And if I was Trump, I wouldn't have a level of concern at all. Because what I see is that the polling is, first of all, a lot of online polling. You take a look at, for example, the New York Post poll, which has Trump at 61 and DeSantis at 9. That's where it's at. But it's 1,800 people online and 534 of them watch the Republican primary debate. Less than one in three watch the freaking debate. And I'm supposed to believe that's true? Yeah. No, it's a really good point, and I, and I, but I agree with you. If I'm Trump, I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. Um, you know, and I, I see a lot of these polls as like we're we're so desperate to figure out who won the debate, right? And where, where I think you can tell more if just like look at what's going on in, in these early states. Look at the crowds that are showing up. So you know, I mean, DeSantis had big crowds in Northwest Iowa an area that Trump's not going to be strong in, right? This is where the Dutch conservatives are. These are social conservatives. DeSantis did really well, got a big endorsement up there uh, from a former uh, co-chair of the Republican Party of Iowa. Everything looks right from what you see, like kind of 
he had a, a steady debate performance, but no one really attacked him. You know, comes to Iowa, people turn out to see him. You know, Vivek was all over the news the following days of that debate. He's in Iowa, kind of all throughout the state, big crowds, lots of people, lots of interest. Um, the one that I'm anxious to see is Nikki Haley. Um, did she move in Iowa like we think she did in that debate? It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, so, so when, when I first – got your you got to get your butt into the state after these big events so that you can reap what you – what you may be sowed in that debate. You know, I I watched uh, the debate and I watched Nikki Haley and I remember saying at the end of the debate, eh, all right. And I've gone back over it. I, I went back over it that night. She did better than... I really gave her credit for it the first, and she seems to have done better when you take a look at some of this uh, polling. The Insider Advantage poll put her in third place in the polling at 11% Ramaswamy at 7 But you take a look at Insider Advantage, and it is 850 likely Republican caucus and primary voters with a margin of error of 336 and you're like, likely Republican caucus and primary voters. So is this just Iowa, New Hampshire? Is this Iowa and the rest of the country? I, I, is this Iowa and, and South Carolina? I don't know right. what to do with the number. And then you take a look at her in other places. Yes, she did manage to to click up a, a, a little bit. But it's certainly nothing that's going to make Ramaswamy sweat. It's certainly nothing that's going to make uh, Donald Trump uh, sweat. But are you hearing on the ground that people uh, said, you know what, Nikki Haley did this well? And was it a defense of being pro-life or was it a defense of women in the conversation of abortion? Was it the abortion subject or something else? Well, I think I think a lot of it was um, yeah. Strong woman candidate. She's different than the men on the stage. There's there's that angle to it. I think a lot of it was foreign policy issues. And again, that's always a weird place, especially like in Iowa that, you know, I think that plays well nationally. But like when you start looking at how the pie is going to be sliced in this state, you're not talking about a, a big electorate. And again, you know, you have this, I don't know, in watching that debate, it seems like most of the candidates that were on that stage are, you know, all for unlimited funding of the Ukraine and all the stuff. And again, I don't think that's where the base of this party's at. And a lot of those people who, who are kind of fed up with that, they're already in Trump's camp. And, um, and you know, Ramaswamy gave them a, a, a spot too, to go to as well. And so I think Nikki Haley performed well, but as a viewer, as a voter, um, I wasn't really liking what she was selling, uh, if that makes sense. So you can do well strategically in a debate. You can do well for yourself, but I just don't know how well it's sold uh, for her. And that's why I'm waiting for her to get in the state to see kind of how Iowans react. One of the big conversation pieces, uh, we, we, we've heard uh, the former ambassador uh, and NSA, John Bolton, talking about this and 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 others um, that, you know, if, if Trump should actually be convicted, right, uh, Trump on trial, that really might change things. You know, even MAGA supporters aren't going to want to vote for somebody who's on trial or in jail. I have seen 0.0% proof of anything like that. 
Who's talking about the fact that if X, then Y, if Trump gets convicted during this campaign that, okay, the, the, the state of Iowa is ready to shift to somebody else? Because I yeah. take a look at Iowa polling. And while I don't have anything past uh, uh, August 17th, an NBC News Des Moines Register poll, Trump was at 42, DeSantis was at 19, and you have problems with that poll, which I can appreciate, small sample size. Um, There's there's nothing that says that Trump is collapsing in, in the state, nor is there anything that says that Trump would collapse if convicted. What do you hear? No, I, I agree. And I actually think, Tony, that this guy could be not only on trial, but... Who knows? I mean, he could be sitting in a jail cell, and I think he could win the Iowa caucuses. I mean, in some ways, this is the biggest middle finger people could ever give to the establishment. Of Again, I mean, we've seen this with candidates like Bernie Sanders and Ron Paul and, and those types where, oh, you can't vote for that guy. They're, they're too far out, right? Or they're too libertarian. Or they're, they're too liberal, right? Well, this is this is and I think there are a lot of people who are like, oh, you tell me that Trump's not electable, that we can't go down that road. Well, let me show you. And and I mean, I just don't I think there's an appetite um, to to fire back at the media, to fire back at the establishment and say, well, it's great you think that, but that's not where we're at. And uh, again, I don't see any warning signs for Trump out there. Um, You know, I, I. he is the front runner in this race, and he's been indicted four times. And the news media keeps expecting, you know, these Republican voters to wake up and say enough. And it's like those people are already supporting other candidates. Uh, what's left there? When you look at the base of the Trump support, I don't think they're going to – I think it takes a lot to, to, for them to leave. And I don't even know what that looks like, Tony. You're talking about the other candidates, right? What, what well, gets – you know, Tim Scott or Mike Pence out of this race? Well, right. I mean, part of it's going to be the result in Iowa, the result in New Hampshire. You know, when you see when you when when you see the results come in and there's just nothing there, you know, how do you continue? And that'll that'll dry up funds. I mean, typically, the other thing to look at, too, for these debates is is who's raising money post debate. Well, Trump was indicted on Friday and raised like seven million dollars. So yep. he didn't debate, and then you know has this fundraising boost. And like this is where like the money's important to DeSantis. You know he he needs the fundraising blip. Did he get that in the debate? We don't know. And so you know these campaigns they they can seem well funded in one minute, but they're so dependent on cash flow. Um, that they need these things like these debates to, to keep enough gas in the tank to keep going. So, again, I feel like we're all – this year it's like, oh, my God, we have to have a poll to say who won the debate, which is new. And it's like before it was like you could just look at, hey, we had this debate and I raised $4 million the next day. And so that should tell you all you need to know. Uh, b- before I let you go, uh, so I have had a couple people. I- I've asked you this privately, and I'm doing it publicly. <laughs> I've had a couple people say, "You got to stop having Craig on. It's clear that he's in the tank uh, for Donald Trump." Are you paid for by Donald Trump? Are you on the Donald Trump payroll? Have you have you even? I- I'm sure you've met the man. Do you get paid by the Trump campaign? I do not get paid by the Trump campaign. Uh, I, I am not on board with any presidential campaign. Uh, I am a I am an observer, uh, but I will always share my opinion whether people like it or not. <laughs>
Craig Robinson, Iowa GOP or Iowa G-O-P-E-R on the Twitter Xbox. Be sure to check him out there. Craig, always a pleasure, man. Uh, I have got more. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today. Americans overwhelmingly agree Joe Biden is too old to be president for four more years. Uh, I am only surprised that it took this long. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Uh, Of course, he's too old. And of course, people have noted uh, that he's uh, too old and, and rightfully so. I know he wouldn't believe that. People think I'm too old. Name me one. Well, uh, my mom. My mom thinks you're too old. Um, uh, my, my father, my brother, um, my wife, uh, my kids. Uh, and, and, that, and that's, uh, admittedly, that's all anecdotal, right? Um, also, uh, the polling. 77 respondents to an AP poll said Biden advanced his advanced age and this is how it's written renders him unable to effectively serve for another four years age is coming up in this in this uh, election it it goes without saying but they're going to try and counteract that with the COVID comeback oh it's getting worse it's getting worse I will break it all down. This is Tony Katz today.